2: To the virus
4: coronavirus
3: has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500
1: we have to prepare for the worst always because if you don't and the worst happens
4: war room pandemic here's your host stephen k bannon it's friday august the 14th the year of our lord 2020 i'm raheem kassam here on capitol hill with jack maxi and the team in the war room Episode 334 starts now on America's Voice, the John Fredericks Radio Network, G News and GTV, subtitling this in Mandarin and blowing it through the CCP's firewall. And of course, later on in the day on Newsmax TV. Uh, I want to conclude here in this segment with our guest, uh, Jay Christian Adams, the president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Steve, why don't you take us away?
2: You know, tomorrow we have a, a, a special two-hour special in commemoration of uh, India's Independence Day. We're going to have Dave Ramaswamy, Jay Kansara, in studio as the co host with Vish and Jack Maxey. Uh, we're also, as you know, this show's on fire as G uh, News and GTV subtitles in Mandarin and, um, and and goes through the Steve, firewall Steve. into mainland China. You know, I'm I'm head of the rule. Do, I'm head of the Rule of Law Society. Go ahead. Yep. Go ahead. The, the, the head of the Rural Law Society, it, it, it shows I hope our Indian audience and the Chinese audience that democracy is very, very, very messy. And, uh, you know, we're talking about an election here that we are supposed to be the world's leading democracy. We're going to find out. I want to go back to J. Christian Adams. Uh, Christian, about, the, about these lawyers. You know, we had Bill McGinley on, who was in the White House, uh, White House counsel's office. He was the cabinet secretary uh, he, he came on a couple weeks ago and said, hey, people don't understand that lawfare is going to become a very big part of this election. Can you walk the audience through exactly what the left is doing, the Democrats are doing to prepare on the legal side for this?
3: Right. Well, they're already started, Steve. There's over 100 cases that the left has brought in relation to COVID. For example, in Virginia, Public Interest Legal Foundation is involved in helping to defend the Virginia law. That uh, that requires absentee ballot signatures, for, you know, actual witnesses on signatures. There's things they think that Jim that postage is a poll tax. They're bringing lawsuits to have postage declared a poll tax. There's over 100 cases already on this around the country for election day. You can expect much more. You can expect fights to make sure defective ballots are accepted, to make sure ballots that come in late are counted people who don't have postmarks on their absentee ballots or mail ballots, you can expect litigation to fight to get those in. So it's it's uh, it's just the beginning. It's not the end, unfortunately. And the left is loaded for bear with hundreds of millions of dollars in money for litigation.
2: So, so Christian, you know, in, in India has, we call Modi the, the Michael Jordan democracy. I think they had... 800 million people vote took them a month to count counted but they had a fair election the chinese one of the things we're fighting for every day is hong kong's been cracked down by the ccp to take democracy away the people on mainland china thirst for democracy how can we sit here the united states of america a leader in all this do you think right now as you see it one of the top experts in the country that we're going to have anything but a complete disaster in this election and what can our audience do about it today we're all about action in the war room action 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 right what can our audience do and how bad do you think the situation is going to be and how embarrassing is it going to be to the united states the
3: most important thing anybody can do is to volunteer to be an election official every single county where you live where you're listening they're desperately in need of people to work the election not poll watchers but actual government officials running the election. The reason that's important is because the left floods the zone. The left sends swarms of people to serve in these capacities. So the most important thing you can do is sign up to be an election official for election day. And yes. So how do people? I, I, yeah,
2: but yeah, Christian, hang on for a second before you finish that. How do people actually? When you say become an election official, not a poll watcher for a party, but an election official. How do they do that? We'll get more information up because I think our audience is gonna love this, but how do they go through and petition, or what steps do they have to go through to be an election official?
3: It's simple. Go to your county election board webpage or go to your state election office. There will be a link to volunteer. Sometimes you get paid, actually. You can get paid to do this, to volunteer to be an election official. And it's very simple. They are desperate for people I'm telling you, the other side does this. We don't do it. It's much better than being a poll watcher, Steve, because you actually have power. The poll watcher who stands there for the party has no power. What I'm suggesting is to volunteer to become a person with power during the conduct of the election to make decisions.
2: Okay, we're going to get all over this. And last question: Do we stand as you see it today? Is this going to be so so shaggy? Right, it's so so you know ill kempt that we're going to embarrass ourselves in front of our allies in India and the Chinese people who are yearning to be free and have democracy. They're going to sit there and go, if this is what we're fighting for, how good is this? Because it looks like it's just nothing more than the Chinese Communist Party one faction fighting the other for power.
3: There has never been a more well-funded effort in the history of the world to destabilize an election. There's never been the kind of thing that the philanthropic left has unleashed on the United States to break down the system as they have done in 2020. It is absolutely unprecedented. So folks in India should realize that that these are domestic enemies of the United States who are trying to undermine our integrity of our process. So don't, don't be shocked by that because it doesn't go on in your country. It means that we're under attack internally. And so if you do see chaos, it's because well-funded philanthropic sources spend two hundred million dollars or more on the idea of destabilization. That's what's happening, Steve.
2: Christian, talk to us about. I think there's a Heritage uh, Town Hall coming up. Talk to us about how people get more access to you, your Twitter feed, how they get there. You're the top guy in the uh, in the conservative movement on this. And uh, what's this Heritage Town Hall or this special you guys have coming up?
3: Right. Uh, the Bradley Foundation is doing a piece, uh, a, a town hall at Heritage next week. I'm on the panel. Cleta Mitchell, Hans von Spakovsky, Scott Walter. Uh, you can sign up either at the Bradley Foundation or the Heritage Foundation or my group, the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Uh, we'll talk about these things and more. You can follow me on Twitter at, at electionlawctr. That's at electionlawctr.
2: Christian, you're a great American, a great patriot. Thank you. I know you had a court uh, uh, hearing today. Really appreciate you taking time away uh, to talk to our audience. We're going to get back to you. We're going to make this a big deal about becoming a, uh, an election official. So thank you very much for joining us.
3: Anytime, Steve. You take care. Thanks a lot.
2: Raheem, yeah. Jack, you talk about enemies, foreign and domestic. Let's go out to now. We've had an embed in Portland. This amazing footage you're seeing is because we had an embed yeah. out there who essentially is risking his life. If he was known to these these Antifa anarchists, can we bring our embed in? And I want to get a, uh, a direct report of what's happening in Portland before the weekend.
4: Steve, we absolutely can. We have our embed on the line. Just before we do, I just wanted to bring the audience some breaking news here uh, that's just shot across the wires Uh the president's brother, Robert Trump, is said to be very ill and hospitalized in New York. That's breaking news right now. And I believe the White House has just confirmed that the president is expected to visit uh, his brother in hospital today. So that's uh, that's the breaking news that was that I was trying to just squeeze in before on that. Steve, let's bring our embed in now to the show. And we'll keep an eye on the breaking news uh, for all you guys out there. OK, welcome to the show, uh, Mr. Embed. Um just tell us a little bit about uh, firstly where you've been how long you've been there and perhaps some of the details uh, that may escape people who don't get to deal with this stuff live and in person then we'll throw it over to steve and jack for more questions hey William. hey steve
5: uh i got here about a week ago and uh, i drove in from out of state i'm not going to say which state We'll say colorado because i i'm using my own vehicle and, uh, the license plate can be doxxed. but, um, I am seeing total, uh, chaos and anarchy here brought on by Antifa. Um, typically what's going on is they will put out a call to meet at a, at a park near a police precinct or a police association building and Antifa will come out and meet, uh, some BLM and, uh. After they they meet up, they will start marching towards a precinct and then engage in criminal activity and begin blocking off streets with barricades, lighting fires, uh, breaking cameras off the precinct buildings, uh, taunting the police. Um, And once the the police actually come out, the police, uh, when I first got here, were pretty lax. They didn't they didn't chase them around a lot um, until things escalated uh, very seriously, and uh, like commercial grade fireworks were being thrown, officers were being injured, and then the police will move in and um, basically chase Antifa around into residential neighborhoods. And and tear gas will be deployed, uh, rubber bullets, etc. Um, and then and Tifa will typically maneuver around through the streets and try and find back ways back to the precinct to cause more chaos and destruction.
4: Sounds like a pretty violent Baptiste In bed,
2: in bed, Hank. Yeah, embed. Right. Hang on for a second. Let me ask you a question. Should people take this seriously? Is this a bunch of college kids and a bunch of uh, uh, young men who are just unemployed, or is this is this? You're in the middle of this. So, is this serious? Right. Is this an insurrection, or is this a bunch of yeah. flakes, a bunch of snowflakes, just out having a good time? Why is it serious, and why should anybody give a damn?
5: Yeah, this is uh, definitely serious and insurrection. These people believe very much in anarchy, and they're actually well-educated in, in this ideology that the system should be overthrown, there should be no police, there should be no prisons, there should be a completely, there should be leaderless uh, uh, government, like no government, uh, but as we saw in uh, Seattle's CHOP, when there's no police, they had to make their own police force up. And so they became, so there's some, they want their form of government, which is, they'd be in control. Um, but they're very serious, look, look. and I'm...
2: Go ahead. Are they, are they, do, do, you, do you believe, now this is the second or third time you've been out there in embed, as an embed. Do you believe right. this is serious enough and these people are serious enough? Are they getting outside financing? Are they getting outside coordination? Should they be designated a terrorist group, in your opinion?
5: uh yes they are definitely getting outside uh, funding i believe they have over a million dollars right now for uh, bail funds etc uh even though the da just recently said he's not going to charge uh, them for any crimes um and yes uh they should be designated a terrorist organization a domestic terrorist or- organization uh what no one else would get away with this um And they are purposely trying to change our way of life through violence. And that's the key. Uh, Normally you'd go out and protest, but this is violent action and criminal action and police are being hurt and along with civilians.
2: Do, and when you talk about the coordination from outside, where do you see that coordination other than the bail fund? We've got to jump in a minute. We want to keep you over in the break. But where do you see okay. this coordination? Is there outside coordination that you see?
5: Uh, I think, you know, I, I know there are some uh, lawyer, some legal groups, some lawyers who are behind some other stuff who are raising some money. Uh, it, it seems leaderless. It, they say they have no leaders and yeah. they don't want any. Hey, Mr. Embed, so just, actually... just hang on.
4: We've got to go to a quick yes. break now. Just hang on the line. Yes. I want to come back with that question and okay. more follow-ups from here in the War Room as well. Thank you so much for your time so far. We'll be back more War Room Pandemic in just a second.
3: War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon.
4: The epidemic is a
3: demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War room,
4: pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Well, 2020 has been a gut punch to American business, and if you're going to succeed, you need every possible advantage. Smart companies run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. Get your free guide right now at netsuite.com/slash Bannon. You're back in the war room. I'm going to throw it over to Stephen K. Bannon.
2: Yeah, for our embed, uh, last question, um, really heroic work you're doing and the footage is incredible. What our audience wants to know, we've had tons of experts on here about the Justice Department, about arrests. Are there any arrests going on? Do you see not just with uh, law enforcement, we understand the enforcement side, but do you see any of the, of the legal activity of either the Justice Department or the Attorney General's out there? Are these people being rounded up and arrested as anarchists and terrorists and uh, under the conspiracy to riot. Are, is, are, are they getting really these people off the streets or is, are their numbers just continuing to grow?
5: Uh, there are local arrests by police only that I've seen here uh, nightly uh, when riots are declared. Police will rush in and grab people out and, uh, and people run up and try and stop them from doing that i haven't seen i what i see is that they're being released almost immediately either because of covid or because their bail has been uh paid for um i haven't seen any charges and i know that the da a few days ago portland da i believe uh, said he will bring no charges against antifa for any criminal activities
2: Okay, hold it. So let me let, just for the audience's sake, you haven't seen any Justice Department. When you're in the middle of these packs every night, they don't seem right. to be worried about the Justice Department rounding rounding themselves up, putting them in a football field, holding them for a couple of days, getting indicted. You're not seeing any of that, and they don't seem to fear the legal aspect no. of this, not just the law enforcement aspect.
5: Yeah, they don't seem afraid at all, and as a matter of fact, they uh, urge their, their members to stick together in large groups and not to break away. They, that's one of their slogans is stick together, because when what we've seen is when they don't, when some of them split off, those are the ones that will typically get arrested. So they st- keep themselves safe by staying in large groups so they can fight off you know uh, police who are trying to arrest them. Uh, but I've, I've not seen anyone uh, show any fear of any uh, potential, uh, you know, being arrested or or put in prison or jail or whatever.
1: Hey, Steve, it's Jack. So I, I, you're in the 70. 75- I yeah. just want yeah, to throw in because you were talking about the courthouse being defended by the Portland police. Apparently breaking news right now. The uh, Portland AG says that the state police will no longer be protecting the, the federal courthouse. So it looks like they're gonna have an opportunity for right. the feds to go back in.
5: Yeah, the uh, the state police, I believe, pulled out, uh, I think it was last night, or um, and so it, now it's just the Portland police, and I believe uh, the feds are still in the federal courthouse, but they're not coming out.
2: So hold it, this is what you gotta help us think through. Are you telling me, I okay. mean, this is why we're doing this. We've got a special tomorrow with uh, the great people from the Modi organization and others talk about to commemorate Indian independ- Independence Day of India. We've got, obviously, a huge audience uh, in mainland China and in Hong Kong. We've got Miles Gro on next. We're talking be- democracy and the rule of law. It's what we preach every day. And here you've great. got, correct me if I'm wrong, Embed, are you in the 75th or 76th day of a siege of Portland, Oregon? and particularly a federal courthouse. Do you anticipate tonight that they're gonna be federal agents outside of there protecting that the, that courthouse from essentially desecration? Because what these anarchists, what the Marxists, what the revolution is trying to do is break the rule of law. Remember, there's no negotiating because they don't have any points to negotiate. The purpose of the revolution is the revolution. That's the first thing they'll tell you. It's out of anarchy right. and, and Marxism 101. So t- right. just tell our audience, where do we stand tonight on the 75th or 76th day of this? And what's the what's going to be what's the weekend hold in, hold for people?
5: OK, so just uh, two days ago on Wednesday night, they went back uh, and went back to the federal courthouse for the first time since the Fed stood down. And, uh, you know, there was a massive riot going on uh, tonight and tomorrow. I believe there will be more even more action uh they've already announced a place uh, near another precinct uh, i believe it's up in uh, northern section of portland uh where they'll be tonight um and i believe they're planning something bigger possibly bigger than what happened at the federal courthouse uh,
2: just uh, two nights ago and okay so, last yeah. question so, if somebody's been in there if you had a chance to actually talk to Attorney General Barr and the President of the United States, what would be your two or three recommendations of what they need to do today to bring law and order back to Portland?
5: Uh, National Guard and uh, start arresting and charging um, everyone involved, uh, especially those who have committed acts of violence against police and uh intercept communications Uh, because i know they're they're using um encryption because the police are able to do uh, cell phone tower dumps and and get the data and and chats from cell phones and so they're starting to use encryption now um so that the police can't tell what they're doing so uh, i think the feds can do something about that
2: okay listen thank you very much you're, you're incredibly brave make sure you stay safe and we look for your further reports on Monday's show i'm sure this weekend is going to be chaotic now the state police have essentially told the world that they're backing off of this situation it's incumbent upon the president to step up here with department of homeland security and the attorney general's office I want to thank you very much for joining us
5: awesome thank you steve
2: steve so, Raheem, I want to come right to you, and I want to come right to you, and, uh, and, and, and you know, look, I realize Attorney General Barr's on hand last night. I love the fact that Durham, I was a guy that was, uh, what, unmasked, or whatever. That's not a priority. What's a priority is going on in Portland, and it stuns me. After everything that's happened in Chicago, all the experts we have on here, we've got an embed that said, hey, nobody's getting arrested. They're not yeah. rolling up anybody. Yes. This is this is humiliating to the United States in front of the world to have this group of insurrectionists, anarchists, basically every day threatening the rule of law by going after this federal courthouse and going after the police union, and nobody's doing anything about it. This is where we need action. If we're to sit there and talk to the rest of the world about the rule of law and talk to the rest of the world about democracy, right. we got to start stepping up for the rule of law. we got to start stepping up for democracy.
4: Steve, I couldn't agree more. And there's two things I wanted to mention on the back of this. Number one, uh, the lack of action on this stuff in terms of prosecutions is emboldening other protesters all around the country. We saw similar scenes in the Adams Morgan neighborhood of Washington, DC, just last night again. And we know that the planning the siege on the White House due to start next month, and it's a direct result of not declaring Antifa a terrorist organization, not prosecuting and locking up more of these people that are causing this damage all around the country. They are emboldened by the inaction. Out of the DOJ on this, and I will keep saying that time and time again. I'm a great fan of AG Bar, but it's not enough and it's not quick enough. And the other part of this is what's happening to America's corporates and the corporates who are sponsoring all of this stuff, whether they've given money to the Black Lives Matter people, whether they're putting up signs. I want you to look at this tweet that I sent out yesterday because I drove past the National Geographic Building, or was driven rather, as people know I don't drive. Um, drove past the National Geographic Building. downtown in Washington DC big huge 50 foot high Black Lives Matter sign on one side of the street and on the other side of the street in another National Geographic building boarded up still boarded up To this day, since the riots took place, what was it, a month ago, five weeks ago, six weeks ago in D.C.? National Geographic, on the one hand, uh, uh, you know, supporting this stuff, on the other hand, uh, having to board
1: up their own properties, Jack. So essentially what you're saying is they learned their lesson, right? (laughs) I don't think so. No, I think that what really needs to be made clear to our audience, and it's this uh, district attorney from out in Portland, Mike Schmidt, announced uh, earlier today that he is not going to prosecute anybody who was involved in, quote, nonviolent protests. The police in Portland have arrested well over 500 people, and it looks like they're going to prosecute less than 50 of them. So this is sort of the problem that we have, this cooperation with district attorneys, judges, mayors in these progressive cities. They don't want to enforce uh, the law that's on the books.
2: Jack, Jack, Jack. Jack, I got that. But that's that's telling. Yes, I fully understand. However, that's what we're talking about. The attorney general, the president of the United States, if you're going to preach law and order, we need to we need to have law and order. Attorney General Barr, who we're massive fans of, we think this guy's amazing. But there's something wrong. You know, you had that article in Revolver that talked about pushback from either the Civil Rights Division or somewhere internally to the DOJ. Pre- Attorney General Barr is such a man of action. The President of is such a man of action. There's something not right here. There's something not going on. We're not conspiracy theory guys, but there are no coincidences. You couldn't have the lack of action. You clearly obviously don't have war rooms. You don't have federal agents working with federal authority. What's happening in Portland, Oregon is a national, a national emergency. It's no longer just about Portland. This is about the United States of America. And we have got to step up here. They got to start rolling up those insurrectionists this weekend. And they got to start being charged. You ought be charged, as Elizabeth Yor said, with conspiracy to riot coming across interstate lines. I think that brings a minimum of a 10-year charge in a federal court. We need federal officers out there to take care care of this. This is no longer to me, the local DA, the local police department. This is now, to me, international.
4: That's right. We're going to go to a quick break here. And I, I agree, and I even think we should go further. These people have to be, have to pay for the damage that they've done. They're confiscating their property. Pay for that damage. We'll be right back.
3: War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this
4: demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Banner. Well, in turbulent times, you need every possible advantage. NetSuite by Oracle is a sponsor of this show in the world's number one cloud business system. Smart companies run on NetSuite because NetSuite gives you the visibility and control of your financials or HR or e-commerce and more. Everything you need all in one place. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in sales, NetSuite lets you manage every penny with precision. You have the agility to compete with anyone, work from anywhere, and run your whole company right from your phone. So join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to make it happen. They surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook of the top strategies they're using as america reopens for business so get your free guide seven actions businesses need to take now and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash bannon that's netsuite.com slash bannon you're back in the war room uh there's lots to go through here and we'll be joined by uh, miles Gro in just a second natalie winters joining us on the line but just before we get to all of that stuff steve in in the last segment i kind of I kind of just jumbled my words there at the end. I want to make something very clear uh, about what I meant. The idea of prosecuting these people right now, I think to me, to a lot of Americans out there, is simply not enough. The amount of damage that they are doing to their cities, to businesses, to private property, to public property, to parks, to federal buildings, who's supposed to be paying for that? And my suggestion is that they are supposed to be paying for it. I don't even care if the government has to go into their bank accounts. I don't even care if the government has to go into their homes and confiscate their property and resell everything at a bargain basement price we have to recover the money that it's going to take to rebuild these cities to rebuild these roads to rebuild these buildings and i couldn't care less about the, the Constitution libertarians in this circumstance. There is a war taking place on the streets of this country by Antifa, by the radical left, by the communists, and it's helped by foreign actors as well. And it's time we exercise the full force of the federal government to make these people pay, Steve.
2: This is absolutely correct. We're either at war or we're not. We're at war with this element on a global basis. This is why we're having the special tomorrow to commemorate India Independence Day. They're, they're the largest democracy in the world. They fight this every day. Think about Hong Kong. Next week, we're going to do a rule of law special town hall about Hong Kong. Look at mainland China. This is a global conflict. And what's happening in Portland is part of that. Rahim, you're 100% right. That's why they have to be designated a terrorist organization. That's how we have to bring in the RICO laws. We have to look at this riding going across interstate lines, and we have to get to who's financing this, who's supporting this. If you think this is a bunch of college kids up in the Pacific Northwest who're just coming together, you know you're not paying attention. This is the signal from the noise. This insurrection is deep, and the mainstream media is not talking about how it's. It's going from city to city. There's a huge riot the other night in Georgetown that was never really reported on. Mm -hmm. You talked about Adams Morgan last night, Richmond, Virginia. There's all types of places this is going on, and it's only going to spread until it's shut down. You can't reason with these people. This is not open for debate. This is anarchy. And what's happened in Portland is a national disgrace. And we will allow a federal courthouse, and we're supposed to be the biggest proponents of the rule of law. We will allow a federal courthouse to be desecrated every night so it's time to take action this has got to come from the white house and there's something wrong at the justice department to have this now in the 75th or 76th day jack you just read the biggest tell we've got is the state police have said hey we've had enough we've been here a couple of days see you wouldn't want to be you
1: <laughs> Well right? state, this a- is
2: outrageous that we've allowed this going raheem you couldn't be more right but i tell you it's not the, just simply the kids out there, the front line that I want to take the money, I want to get back into the networks. Yep. This is how we started to shut down radical Islamic terrorism. Find out who's funding it. Find out when President Trump went up for the first conference in, in Riyadh, it was stopping the money flow coming out of the Gulf Emirates to fund radical Islam. It's one of the reasons we've had no attacks under President Trump's watch, or no attacks that were successful. You choke down the money, you choke down the network. This is exactly the same thing.
1: You know, Steve, there's a great historical context to look at these protests, especially in the context of peaceable assembly, as it's described in the First Amendment. During the Whiskey Rebellion, if we go back in time, these guys were protesting attacks on on their whiskey production in western Pennsylvania. They decided to get a little rambunctious. They burned down a tax collector's house in Pittsburgh. They sent out a federal uh, commission to go take a look at what was going on. They came back to Washington, absolutely necessary that the civil authority should be aided by a military force in order to secure a due execution of the laws. Immediately with this information, Washington uh, uh, rallied the New Jersey militia, the Pennsylvania militia, and I believe the Delaware militia, and they went essentially to war with their own citizens, and it was on the basis that they had the right to protest but as soon as they started burning things and taking up arms against the government that right ended this was one of the first tests of our, our constitution in the new republic and i don't see why we shouldn't apply the same test today now listen uh, this is not about
2: peaceful assembly one of the things that was most interesting the other day on the new federal state live stream and you guys had the interviews is they had Footage outside the Hay Adams Hotel. You had the new federal state of China that was protesting outside the White House, and you had this group from Belarus that was protesting their election the other day. Both groups were incredibly peaceful. They're sitting there. They're getting their point across. They were actually giving the police officers ice water. And you look at the Hay Adams is essentially boarded up with graffiti on it, and there's a huge fence in front of St. John's Church across the street to keep it from being desecrated again. And of course, Lafayette Park's got the huge chain link fence. This is what America's become. We've had to put, we had to put our churches and, and statues like General Jackson and Lafayette and others in, 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 uh, in Lafayette Park behind barricades because these anarchists, it's, if, if Black Lives Matter wants a, peaf- a, pro- a peaceful protest, nobody's right. got a problem with that. They should do that. It's been quite powerful. The peaceful protest has been quite powerful. That's their constitutional right. It's their moral obligation, and that's fine, okay? But that's not what we're talking about. This is cultural Marxism. This is anarchy, and they know they're winning. They're laughing at us right now, and I do not understand why we're not taking action on this. If we're going to be about law and order, let's be about law and order. Raheem, you know this better than anybody because you've followed this for years on Radical Islam in Europe and also this Antifa group. These people are highly networked. They're highly coordinated, and they've got lots of money and lots of power and back on them. This is just not a bunch of college kids that came out for some summertime excursion.
4: Yeah, and, 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 and I don't mean in the in terms of the same uh, tactics, but what I will say is that I wish this president was was uh, aggressing. Uh, with the same vim and vigour, uh, Antifa and, and all these violent organisations and entities with the same vigour uh, that he aggressed the Islamic State uh, with. And again, they say, I don't mean the same tactics. I'm not talking about dropping bombs on these people before Media masses jumps all over. I'm talking about the energy um, about going after them. And There's one more thing that I want to mention before we bring in Natalie Winters here uh, to discuss her exclusive on Nancy Pelosi and her staff. Um, Steve, the idea that Bill de Blasio could... could bypass new york regulations to put that black lives matter sign outside trump tower um downtown in midtown manhattan uh and the fact that they're not doing the 9-11 memorial this year i mean i just i couldn't be more incensed about that
2: okay you gotta explain to people what's happening i think that news is just breaking explain to people what's happening on the on the day of 9-11 what de blasio allowing all these protests all these marches all this looting All this, you know, people who are unmasked. Talk to, tell the audience what he's done for 9-11, for the commemoration of 9-11.
4: Yeah, the, uh, the National September the 11th Memorial and Museum uh, actually put out a statement last night on this saying the world's beloved twin beams of light regrettably will not shine over lower Manhattan as part of this year's tributes and that's because uh, effectively the city has d- dictated that it, ca- it it's not safe for them to put this together they say that there are 40 to 50 people who have to work in close proximity with one another to make the that, that light display occur every year and they don't want to do it because it's therefore unsafe because these people have to work in such close proximity for a number of weeks and so they are cancelling uh the 9 11 commemorations in new york this year
2: let's go to let's go this absolute another disgrace let's go to uh the great reporting on national pulse i'm going to start with these chicago ids and then i want to go into nancy pelosi's uh staffer but let's talk what's happening in chicago this this story has been sent to me by so many people Tell us, uh, Natalie, what are you guys breaking on the National Pulse about this?
0: Sure. Well, it's no secret that the Chinese Communist Party is keen on selling division and chaos in the United States. And lately, there's been a string of illicit exports coming from China of materials like fake IDs, assault weapons parts, gun silencers, and more. And as you say, there's no coincidence in politics, so it's certainly interesting, perhaps calculated that these imports have been ending up in big cities that have been hotbeds for the ongoing riots and unrest that you guys have been talking about. In just six months, uh, over 20,000 fake IDs have been seized by Customs and Border Patrol in Chicago, which, again, with the election coming up, fake IDs can be used uh, at the polls, even be used in human trafficking, like the Customs and Border Patrol report notes. uh, In Detroit, A site that was selling illegal gun silencers was also scrubbed by CBP officials. And even on June 26th, there was a huge bust of nearly 11,000 assault weapons parts. And just four days later, in the same city in which these uh, these weapons were found, there was Wall Street journal Journal reporting of illegal firearms appearing in the same city, Louisville, Kentucky, around Black Lives Matter protests.
4: And, and can we also not forget, well, Steve, quickly, about the seeds—the 20... seeds that have been being mailed all over the U.S. as well?
2: No, it's incredible. But Natalie, can you answer a question for the audience? When you talk about twenty thousand IDs, how were they grabbed? How did they—how were they produced? How did they know they were fake? How did they actually come about them? Because twenty thousand is a number that I think blows people away.
0: Yes, well, like I said, it was over the course of six months, and it was actually officials at Chicago O'Hare International Airport, specifically, like I said, Customs and Border Patrol, as well as individuals at the International Mail Facility who sees them. So, again, this has been nearly a a half-year effort, uh, but overall, Chicago is, is the point of access in which China... I believe it was they were coming from Beijing, but by which they like to infiltrate the United States with these fake IDs.
2: Unbelievable. Uh, Raheem. you guys have another story yeah. on Nancy Pelosi and her staff, I think, also that boggles the imagination.
4: Yeah, Natalie, there's about, we've got about uh, 80 seconds here. So just quickly run us through this exclusive top Pelosi staffer registered as foreign agent to lobby for Chinese state media outlet. But I thought Nancy yeah. Pelosi was China's number one enemy. So she tells us.
0: Yes, but the fact that there's a revolving door between her office and companies such as TikTok and China Central Television clearly indicate otherwise. Brendan Daly, who served as her communications director and spokesperson for nearly a decade, went on to serve as executive vice president at a a lobbying and PR firm known as Ogilvy, and there he actually spearheaded the firm's contract with China Central Television, which the registration, the Foreign Agents Registration Act uh, registration associated with this contract notes that this company is, quote, supervised, owned, directed, controlled, financed, and subsidized right. by the Chinese Communist Party. And Daly was actually tasked with launching this outlet's American operation. So he was their point person to bridge the divide between Chinese state propaganda wow. and American televisions and actually wanted to help. CCTV convinced the American public that they were a quote yeah. compelling, comprehensive, and balanced yeah. news program. Now, we've got to go to we a break, but we're with- very
4: grateful for that breaking news. It's up on the National mm-hmm. Post, the lead story at the moment, and he wasn't some tangential part of this group. He's the one in the emails that we've published. Go check it out. More War Room in just a second. War Room.
3: Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon.
4: The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. All right, welcome back to the War Room. Uh, Raheem Kassam, Jack Maxi And by the way, Steve, I know Jack uh, needs to get a line in about the uh, the vaccine later on in this segment as well, if we have this uh, just a second. Uh, but I want to go back to this story uh, about Brendan Daly and Nancy Pelosi and the Chinese Communist Party. Steve, over to you.
2: Yeah, listen, I think in Natalie's uh, presentation, I know she's still on, but this is not like representing some TV company. This is like representing Nazi TV. This is like representing Goebbels in the 1930s. This is the principal propaganda arm. This is the BBC of the Chinese Communist Party. It's 100% propaganda. In fact, I think they were the lead uh, case, not the People's Daily or Global Times, as bad as they are. I think it was CCTV that was the principal... Apparatus that uh, that Mike Pompeo and the State Department was going after. So this was a guy that essentially was a lobbyist for Goebbels. That's the that's that's what we're talking about. Is it not, Mr. Raheem Kassam?
4: Steve, I mean, this organization, uh, CCTV and CGTN, and, and all of these organizations, I I genuinely believe, and and you look at the way they act, you look at the stories they push, you look at the, who the people that work for them. This organization is worse than der Stürmer. This organization is the most critical propaganda organization in the entire world for an organization that is worse, in my opinion, than the National Socialist Party of Germany. And on the screens there, ladies and gentlemen, you have Brendan Daly with his old boss, Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, who said she was the most hated woman in china remember she didn't distinguish between the chinese people and the chinese communist party meanwhile she goes up the other day on cnn state of the union and she says yes the chinese communist party would prefer joe biden to win just like the u.s intelligence agency and yes there was a lot of caveating around it Absolutely, of course, she's gonna do it. She's a politician, but she fundamentally accepted the premise of the assertion by the US intelligence agencies And we know she accepted the assertion Steve and I know you're a little bit skeptical of my view on this But we know she accepted the assertions because she used the same report to hit the president over the Russia stuff You can't pick and choose parts of that report you embrace it wholly or you don't embrace it at all and she has embraced it wholly Steve
2: yeah, one last thing for the audience is, is a comms director is one of her most senior advisors, if not her most important, besides her chief of staff. Walk people through quickly, Raheem, how important a comms director is to somebody like Nancy Pelosi.
4: In a lot of senses, Steve, uh, the comms person with the campaign manager uh, can be more powerful than the principal, more powerful than the candidate, more powerful than the politician themselves. Uh, they they steer the conversation. They steer what parts of legislation you take part in. They steer what, what your interviews are based on. They steer your speeches and what your focal points are. So if if anything this tells us, that it's not just Pelosi who's gone soft on the China Chinese Communist Party in recent years, but it's her entire apparatus that's been around her that is sold out to the Chinese Communist Party. Steve.
2: Okay, real quickly I know we got to get Jackie. I want to thank Natalie for all her hard work. She's an amazing reporter. Jack, all this talk about a vaccine, all this talk about the worst winter we've got coming. You've got the Russians out there right now doing a. Uh, you've got the Russians doing a uh, a uh, um, a uh, uh, a quick vaccine. Tell us what exactly is going on.
1: Well, here's something i want everybody to think about over the weekend npr came out with a a poll this morning and only 60 percent of americans polled say they are going to take the vaccine now this is without any argument as to the efficacy of the vaccine and there are multiple different vaccines in process but we have been told for decades that herd immunity will require at a bare minimum 70 percent Immunity now a few days ago. Dr. Fauci came out and said that he would be pleased if the new vaccine had a 50 to 60 percent effectiveness rate and uh, We're seeing this around the world. They're hopeful that some of them could be 70 80 percent But let's think about this if every American only 60 percent of the Americans took the vaccine I crunched some numbers and let's say it was a hundred percent effective which nobody believes it is that would only provide 60 percent immunity for the United States at 50 percent. It would only provide 30 percent immunity. So this idea but, that we're being told.
2: But, 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 but hang on. But hang on. But, but Jack, 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 Raheem, jump in here. This is what miles Gore. We're going to have. We'll have him on Monday or Tuesday next week. But here's the point. The professor out of Italy, Giuseppe Trito, lays out the fact that this virus came from Wuhan lab as Miles and his team's been saying from day one, therefore it's already got 12 or 15 uh, mutations, only five will be covered, only five will be covered by a vaccine. So your 60% is assuming it's all one thing. If you go to the reality, the vaccine's gonna be what at 15 or 20% max with all this uncertainty about how quickly it is, how rigorously it's done. So Raheem. Talk to us about that story. And, Jack, when you do the math off the reality that it's a man-enhanced virus, the number starts to drop so precipitously. Trito says, Dr. Trito says, you're never going to get a vaccine. You may get it for three or five uh, strands until the CCP turns over the original genome sequence.
1: Well, I agree with you, Steve. I mean, in the best-case scenario, this vaccine is probably not going to work. If it was 100% effective and 60% of the people took it, That's not enough to stop the spread. And we're waiting. We've had the whole world shut down waiting for this thing that's going to do what?
4: Right. And Steve, the, uh, the story you're referring to, of course, is the World Academy of Biomedical Sciences president and renowned biotech expert Giuseppe Trito, who makes these claims, along with lots more with evidence. And remember, people have to recall, this guy is not some fringe guy. This is not Jack Maxey saying this in the war room, right? As much as we love Jack, but this is this guy works with the United Nations. He's worked with the United States Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization for decades upon decades, and talking about the Wuhan Institutes for p P4 lab using reverse genetics uh, to put this thing together. The book is China COVID-19, the chimera that changed the world. It's in Italian coming over into English in very short order, I believe. Steve, we've got about 45 seconds left here, and I know this isn't the biggest story on your radar, but we talked about this guy back in the impeachment days, and I want to bring the breaking news to the audience here. Breaking on the New York Times, a former FBI lawyer intends to plead guilty to falsifying a document as part of a deal with prosecutors conducting their own criminal inquiry of the Russia investigation. The lawyer, Steve, is Kevin Kleinsmith, who we mentioned all those months ago.
2: Unbelievable. Chickens are coming home to roost. Look, we got the special on India Independence Day, and then Miles Groby joined us Monday or Tuesday next week to talk about the CCP virus they came from the lab in Wuhan. We'll see you tomorrow with the commemoration of India's uh, Independence Day.
4: From Jack Maxi, Raheem Kasam, Vishbora, producer Jack, producer Dan, the whole team here. Have a great Friday.